Welcome back to Couch Radio. We're here with our special guest, Tim Presley. Tim Presley is uh, widely regarded as one of the coolest guys living, so it was like super cool for us to get him on the podcast here. I actually met him last year at Levitation, or this year, I guess. And it was really cool because a lot of times you might meet somebody that you know from the internets or TikTok or whatever, and they're not as cool as they seem, but he was just super cool and genuine and really nice, so that was that was awesome. So, <clears throat> which is great because I mean I love I love his music and uh, I would fully recommend listening to I Have to Feed Larry's Hawk. Check out him on Spotify or any other musical platform. Type in White Fence and uh, listen to the whole discography. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. All right, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name is Shelby, and I'm with my homeboy, Josh, and we're in a band called First Names, and we live in Austin, Texas, and we have an overwhelming internet and social media presence uh, that Josh will tell you about. It's at First Names Music on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Shrub and I are always posting some dumb shit, and uh, we have a lot of fun with it. So it's at First Names Music. But there's a big shortcut to all the music videos and podcasts. It's at our website, firstnamesmusic.com. All right, here we go with our sponsors. First sponsor? O'Brien's Canned Chili. Nope. <laughs> Try it again. <laughs> Baby Bell Spherical Cheeses. Delicious yet incorrect. One more time. <laughs> Waterloo Records. Waterloo is the best record shop in town, maybe the world. So check it out at waterlooRecords.com. Check out Couch Radio for 10% off. Are you looking for a drug that helped build the Americas and is also legal? Coffee, baby. And Mm -hmm. where's the best place to get that? Monkey Nest. That's right. Shop local. Also, you can shop Austin local from anywhere because you can order that shit online, baby. That's right. Are you in Russia? Mm. Do you like coffee? Do you like paying exorbitant shipping fees? <laughs> Monkey Nest Coffee. <laughs> but uh, yeah, seriously, it's a super cool spot. And uh, I think when everything opens back up from this COVID stuff, Josh will be there waiting in line to cut the reopening ribbon. <laughs> this is probably accurate. But without further ado, we have Tim Presley. On the podcast, Shelby. Yeah, this is one of my favorite interviews so far. Yeah, so let's get to it. You're from San Francisco originally, right? Yeah. But, and then I, I lived in LA for like 11 years and then just moved back here like 2015, I think. Oh, okay. I'm, when everyone moved to LA, I moved back. Okay. Yeah, I was actually going to say something about that because it's interesting. It seems like, I mean, some sort of art explosion of San Francisco and then this like mass migration of like, 
I don't want to like put anybody in a box, but like psych rock style kind of moved down to LA and then, yeah, now you're back in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I did the opposite. Yeah. Well, actually, and when I, when I first moved to LA, everyone from San Francisco talked mad shit on LA. So I always felt like I had to keep like, I don't know, like uh, sticking up for it. And then years later, they all moved down here. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a funny world. What made you move back? Um, well, it was kind of, that's a loaded question. There's a lot of reasons. Okay. Yeah. But um, mostly just for me and my like well-being, I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. So you grew up in San Francisco then? Um, yeah, like technically 20, 15, 20 minutes south of here, of San Francisco, in San Mateo. Oh, okay. But as soon as I was, you know, 18 or whatever, yeah, I lived in San Francisco. Yeah, that seems like a wild place to to grow up even near. Like, I've only been to San Francisco once, but it just seems like the most, like, compact culturally and like just just everything just like there's so much there i just can't really imagine like growing up and being in that i mean do you think that influenced your your art moving forward um yeah i think it was good especially with music early on like being in like the punk and hardcore scene and like going to like i feel like it was like a common thread that bound like all of all the like-minded teenagers together you know um, whether they were like super punk kids or skaters or whatever, I think it was this good, you know, uh, thing. And, and we would, and then going to Gilman Street in Berkeley. Are you familiar with that? No, I mean I've been to Berkeley, but I don't know anything about it. You know, I've, I was there one time. So where where are you guys right now? We're in Austin. What is this? What, what, what am I doing? What is this? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're uh, a lot of times we just jump into it. We're like over eager, but this is uh, yeah. You're on. This is Couch Radio, and uh, it's a podcast that we started to kind of con artists into talking to us. And uh, yeah. so we're, we live in Austin, though. Right now, we live in Austin, Texas. Oh, cool, cool. I love Austin. Yeah, man. I actually uh, I met I met you briefly as because I saw you play in. Um, in November at Levitation, and oh okay, yeah, I saw you guys like hanging out, and uh, I don't know, like sometimes a lot of times I find it like that I try to like because I really enjoyed your set. That's why I went up and said something. But like a lot of times I feel like I kind of shy away from like saying what's up to people because I don't know, it just seems like weird, and it's like what am I gonna say? Hey, I liked it, and then they say like great, but I gotta I gotta give you props, man, because I just remember telling Josh I was like, man, I met. Tim Presley and the White Fence guys, and they were so nice. Like, they were just so, so cool. So, like, uh, you left a positive uh, imprint on me. Is that something you even think about doing? That's or good. Is it just that you're not? I mean, I, I don't think about doing it, but I think it's it's wise to do that. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, from a fan's perspective, all it takes is just a small amount of kindness, and then I'm just, I'm bought in, you know? Oh, dude, totally. I, I mean, I feel that way about people in general. You know? Yeah. You catch more flies with honey than spit, you know? <laughs> that's <Dude>. great. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, man. Yeah, I'm sure. But also, it's like, 
I, I don't know, like, people who are, who are dicks, like, it's like, you know, that's, that must be fucking miserable, you know, being a dick all the time. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, man. And I yeah. feel like that's why they're dicks, like, hurt people hurt people, you know? Yeah, that must suck to be them. Yeah, Shelby tells me all the time, he's like, you know, I'm pretty much, I try to be nice to everybody. He goes, but any strangers just like a little nice to me? And I'm like, they're a great guy. Or that's a great person. Yeah, I used to have this thing where I would love meeting fucking like strangers, you know, like, and if they were nice, it like, it made my fucking day. Yeah. Like, even if you're at like the DMV and someone was like, hey, man, you want to see, you know? Yeah, yeah, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah, it doesn't take much. It does. Long. It does. Uh, That's why it's so fucking crazy that the world is so angry because you know, outside of this pandemic or whatever, like with the elections and all that, it's just so funny that people. It's like people are so fucking angry with their computers, but if you saw them on the street, you could have dialogue and everything would be cool. Dude, that's so true. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing, man. And it's like a small amount too. Like it's not going to take. It, it's just interesting. Even like in the in the wake of the pandemic or whatever we're in right now. Even it's almost like open people up to like. If I'm like walking the dog, it seems like if people are out in their yard, they're like more likely to say like, "Hey, what's up?" And yeah, because we're humans, man. You know. Yeah. Right. You need it. You need it, and it's yeah. You're right. A little bit goes a long way. Like. You don't have to be a politician, you know, to get your point across. You just have to say hi. Right. Be nice. Maybe a wink, something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, going back to you growing up a little bit, uh, what what was it that first, like, made you really want to play music? Um, I have no idea. I think being a fan of music at a young age made me want to um and I and I had a friend who was pretty uh gregarious and really enthusiastic about playing the guitar so so this is like around the time of like like Nirvana you know uh-huh. like nine, 91, 92 or whatever so he was really keen on like learning the songs and so then I did, and then that becomes kind of addicting, and then, you know, you start learning, like, Sex Pistol songs or Ramon songs and stuff, and it just kind of, like, snowballs into into playing music, I guess. Yeah. Because once you get good enough to do a, a fucking bar chord, you're good to go. You know, you can be in a band. <laughs> right. That opens the door. I mean, Josh, he, like, yeah. taught me guitar, and that's so true, man. Once you learn, like... Like those two formations of bar chords, you can play so much shit. Yeah. Um. Uh, what yeah. was uh? You said you were a big fan of music growing up. Was a lot of like cool music played around the house? Like, what did you what did, what was played around the house when you were growing up? Or, or what was the first song that maybe like you you weren't like, oh, this is just a song playing. Like, this is a song that's kind of doing something to me. This is something that's like I'm I'm really in love with. Um. Like, I, uh, music around the house, like, like my dad would play, like, Bob Marley, right? Or, like, Paul Simon, right? Yeah, like, some, some dad shit. But I liked it, you know? But, like, 
the first shit that I really felt was it was like it was similar I had the same feeling about the same in the same time and it was Guns N' Roses first album Appetite for Destruction and um, Easy E Easy Does It they were like the same it was the same time ish and same impact cause I'm, I'm probably older than you guys so Guns N' Roses was fucking cool man dude I hear for one second yeah I hear Appetite for Destruction like I, I feel like that hit a lot of people man like so many artists especially like I hear reference that yeah. particular record yeah it's weird I, I like it used to, it gave me chills man it was like the coolest thing I've ever heard I mean, I was also nine. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I uh, I saw Guns N' Roses here last year, and uh, just just what a wild, just even from watching them live, it's like these guys, man, turkeys. I feel like Axel, like like in a in a good yeah. way, but like they uh. Like, I just remember, like, at one point, he was wearing, like, one particular cowboy hat and then, like, this other, like, flannel. And then he went back for a wardrobe change, but all he did was, like, he changed the flannel color from, like, red to blue and then put on a different cowboy hat. And, like, it was, like, part of the yeah. show. He's basically, like, Lady Gaga at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for a brief moment in time, yeah. Guns N' Roses were it for me. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Speaking of, like, wardrobe changes and stuff, though, I kind of, like, read about, like, you, like, you know, donning some different stuff, like, rocking the white face paint and then having, like, the, the, your crew wearing, like, the, the monk Jedi hoods and that kind of, that kind of stuff. Like, what drew you to... Yeah, that was for, that was for one tour. Yeah, what, what drew you to do something like that, like, as far as, like, oh, we're going to do something specific? I think it was it was Kate's idea, Kate Levon, because okay. she was in that she was in that band at that time, and I was doing the the Wink album, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know, I don't know why that happened. I think I think when you're on tour, sometimes you get bored, and you're you're in the van for hours and hours, and you uh, you just kind of. Or you get backstage and you're like, hey, fucking put this on, put this on, put this on, you know? Right, right. It was, it was like one of those, but it, it stuck and it came together really quick. Plus, I like the way the, the face paint looked, you know? Yeah, yeah. It made it a little more theatrical. Yeah, sure. That's interesting. Cause I think, or something. Yeah, people kind of talk about that. Like, I mean, we play in a band here and like eventually sometimes you're like i don't know like you just be driving to a gig and be like i mean should we wear something different besides jeans and a t-shirt or not like you know yeah i think it just kind of i mean the funny thing about that is that out of all the years i've seen bands like sometimes it's so fucking matters it matters so much and then other times it doesn't like i've seen the best bands like wear nothing but like yeah jeans and a fucking a t-shirt you know and they just get her done it's it's like you know but then sometimes you'll see a band with like a lavish to do and and it looks fucking amazing you know so i don't know it's it's all good i guess but when it doesn't work it's really bad like a band really dressed up and they suck it's like fuck you and and it like if it's a and then sometimes if it's a band with just jeans and a shirt or fucking God forbid, wearing shorts, like, uh, 
and they suck, it's like, dude, you guys need to go home, you know? Right. So, I don't know. It, it's all good. You just got to be yourself, I guess. Just do it. Yeah, man. I feel like the only dude who, like, like anytime I go, I, I agree about, like, I see someone wearing shorts. It's like they have to earn it. But, like, it's like, what, like, John DeWire. That dude wears cut-off denim shorts every time I ever see him. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he pulls it I off, I have man. to say, he's the exception to the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is the literally the only person who can wear shorts on stage. Right. I don't think if, if you saw, like, I don't even know, like, just some legend, like, I don't know, like, come out there and they're rocking like denim shorts i don't know most time i'd be like oh whoa what happened but yeah man he, he slays yeah. every time yeah he does i uh, girls can wear shorts that's that's a good look right right yeah i don't know it's just but, weird it's so easy dudes, to get caught in it dudes wearing shorts is weird <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just baggy echo shorts i think that's what we're gonna wear next time. yeah or just sick ass cargo shorts <laughs> Right. And the little pockets for their picks and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to get the jeans that halfway through the show, as a spectacle, as a part of the show, I would unzip the jeans into shorts. Yes. 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 Bring yeah, those back. Those. Okay, well, we started this little bit, and I was fully off shorts, but now I've bought into shorts. Shorts only now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, so we went to, uh, we talked about, you starting to play guitar and like kind of learning some covers and learning what your friend learned. But when did you start like songwriting uh, for yourself or maybe for a band you were in? Like when did the songwriting process start and how has that kind of changed Um, over time? Well, I guess the first, I started a band, right? Right. When I was, when I was younger and then we just put, we just played covers because that's all we knew. I think, you know, it was like Sex Pistols and Ramones songs and then we were like, we should learn songs. I mean, we should uh, learn how to write songs, or we should write songs. So then I kind of like was like, fuck, what do I do? I think I totally ripped off a song, you know, yeah. to get me started, yeah. you know? And then tried to pretend like uh, it was mine. I don't know. It's just, it's, it was like a learning experience. Um, I don't know how... Yeah, I don't know, just years of doing it. I don't really know how to answer that question. Well, like, uh, it was a big deal for me when I learned the different parts of a song. Like, I listened to music differently once I started writing songs. I was like, oh, this is called a verse. Oh, this is called a chorus. Oh, it changes three-fourths of the way through a lot of times when I'm listening to songs. I guess that's called a bridge. I don't know, it was just, I've been with this guy uh, writing songs for like years and it's just, we literally knew nothing. We were, we're from Indiana and like nothing's going on and there was yeah. no one telling us how to write songs. And I just didn't know if like, did you I listen know, to that's them? Why, yeah. You got to like resort to records you like and yeah. then they'll teach you how to write songs. I guess that's what I'm saying too. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the records you were uh, listening to that you were trying to like learn from? Well, I, I had a, wide variety but i remember this now that we were talking about it i remember thinking um and this still fucking affects me today like how important like the very first verse is sounding because i got that from minor threat Mm -hmm. and how like immediately you're drawn in you know like immediately it's like oh my god this song fucking rules you know and that's the verse so i always 
even now, I, I think the verses have got to be, it can't just be like the, the place setting for the chorus, you know? Yeah. It, so it kind of flipped my thinking. Like, oh, I feel like the, the impact of the verse is almost more important than the chorus, in my mind. Because of like punk songs like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. I mean, and then I've had to like unlearn that, you know, throughout the years because it's like, oh shit, choruses are very catchy, and that's why people re-listen to songs, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's hard. So that's interesting. As far as like, it seems like bands that start as as like you know start off learning by covering. It seems like that might be like one of the biggest songwriting tools there is by just learning other songs and then like you just inherently learn how songs go and then yeah stuff like that yeah. might seep in like oh man like yeah it's kind of like anything right like learning guitar you know like right. it's the same as learning guitar or learning how to swim you know right basically it feels like one of those weird things, though, almost where it's like, where is my resource for learning how to write a good song that I can like? Like, it almost feels like that doesn't even exist. Like, you're just like, listen, young Padawan, go out and search and figure out how to write a song. Like, it's almost like no one can really yeah. tell you how to write a white fence. Song, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's why if you ask great songwriters why they, you know. They, they like listen to Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen, and like shit like that, you know, like because they're somewhat of like the master. They're in like the master tier, right? So, so that's their kind of like guidebook, I would assume, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention, I guess. Does that uh, relate to what? Like, does that also uh, relate to how you learn production? Because I'm like a big fan of your production, and uh, I just um, wondered like how you went. Like, what was the 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 challenges you went through like putting all that together and just learning all your tips know. and tricks I, and building your arsenal it just like i just i've never <clears throat> up until like the white fence records i don't think i've ever been satisfied with anything like this sat like the production of anything mm-hmm. and like it's not a diss on anything i've done before it's just like it, it's more like i know I, I always knew that it could be better, like, somehow. And I just didn't know how to achieve that at all. Like, I didn't know. Like, And I used to think, like, well, let's just copy what this other record sounds like, you know, like A, B, and see if, see if they sound similar. But that never works, you know. And, uh, yeah, it did. So it took me a long time to of nerding out at home yeah. with, like, like four track and using pedals and EQ and I don't know it took forever yeah is uh for me personally to find it yeah yeah so I don't tell me if my research is incorrect but you on your own records I think I saw that um you, people will help you with the production of your own records like you know Ty Siegel and uh Kate Lebon have both worked uh with you <clears throat> in producing of your own records how I mean, is that, are those people that like, I mean, obviously you've collaborated with both of them. Are those just like, oh, I trust these, I trust both these people. So, you know, like you're kind of yeah, easy to. I, I think, 
the only reason I was able, I'm able to do that is because I felt confident on my own mm. and I could bring, I could bring that to the table with them because they're, they're like, they're like people who have found it already. Like they know what they're doing, you know, they're good and they, they know exactly what they want to sound like here. They, you know, like they know exactly how to apply that. I see. So I think I built up enough confidence to, to be like where we can work together. We both feel good about sounds and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Did you say the first like white fence album was like the first time that you felt like, like uh, happy with your results as a producer? Yeah, I guess so. I just, it's I, funny to think of, of it being produced even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so just because I did it alone. And I mean, looking back, it could, it could sound a lot better, that record. And, uh, but at the time, I was pretty stoked on the, uh, the sound of it. Were you recording it all on like, like four track and stuff? Yeah. And then what do you do now? Are you are you still recording tape or have you gone digital a little bit? Um. Yeah, a little digi with um. Fuck, the last record was digital. I think. I think all of it was the okay. Larry's Hawk one. Yeah. Speaking about that record particularly, it's like that record to me, like once I dive in to it and I give it the opportunity to take hold of me, it seems like it just pulls you deeper down into the rabbit hole. Like the more time you give it, the more it sucks you in. Is that something that you think about when writing or or is it just like, I don't know, this is just what oozes out of me? Um, No, I I think about that because I... I've spent so many hours like being fan being a fan of albums, you know, mm-hmm. not songs. Right. Like there was a moment where I would I wouldn't buy a record unless I thought that it was like a deep cut like record, you know? Like right. it was like the opposite of a singles collection, you know? Yeah. And like those type of albums, I don't know, meant a lot to me because you know I'd just be like smoking weed and painting and like every song is like good or deep cut. That's why I like the kinks are so good or like, or like love, uh, you, you know, like those types of like records where maybe they're not singles, but they're all good songs, you know? Yeah. So I, I've always wanted to achieve that or at least like try to do that, you know? Yeah. Where it's like a slow burn, you know? For sure. Yeah, man. That's how it felt to me. It almost felt like, like if I listen to like, like I guess like, kraut rock or something, where like it's just like this yeah. trancey, like boom, 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 and like like eight yeah, minutes exactly, in, you're yeah. just like hooked. That's what it felt like to me. That rules, man. That that's exactly what I mean too. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah, the crowd shit. Like no, I like just like re put that album on and repeat for like four hours. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's. It's all, yeah. Yeah, so like that type of album, you know? Yeah, well. Which is a funny thing to try to do 
in this day and age, I feel like. Definitely, man. We yeah, were, just we were just talking, talking about, about that, that. Yeah. about how like yeah. that really juxtaposes like what kind of might be expected from somebody in this current musical landscape of like, okay, give them the hook right away and we're going to release a single yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But it almost feels like the like a great answer to all that that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell if I'm like extremely stubborn about keeping on trying to do that, <laughs> but I can't help it, you know? Yeah, well, shoot. I mean, well, we like we appreciate that you did it. You know, yeah. I feel like we need. I it. think there's a lot of people out there that still do like appreciate long form listening, and like I feel like especially you have such a fan base that it's like people are going to listen to it. You know, and and have that take the time on it. I think you're a trusted. That's cool. You're so like trusted already that people know it's not just going to. It's going to take you somewhere, and it does. So it's we. we I think cool. you definitely in our over here in our corner, you achieved your goal. Thank you. That um, rules. Yeah, man. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to ask you, I guess I just wanted to make sure I talked about it. Like, you're really into, like, painting and, and that other type of physical art. I'm a little curious. It seems like just your brain is a little bit like, man, I just have this, like, stuff inside me, and it almost feels like you got to get it out. Is that a thing that you – that is that how art is for you, or is it just like, oh, I just enjoy it, man. I just – you know, makes you feel good. Um, yeah, it's kind of the former where like, it's just, I don't know. It just kind of pops out. It's just like in my brain, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's definitely, I know this by now that it's definitely, it's not a hobby, you know, like it's almost like something I need to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, like, pretty unhappy when I can't do it, okay. I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's just one of those things. I, I was thinking about it a while ago, about, like, the psychology of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I remember being a kid and, and, and just going in my own little corner and, and like, drawing, I, I, even in my teenage years and stuff like that. So, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, some safe ex escape or some shit, you know, I don't know. But it's definitely in my in my DNA. Yeah, so that's interesting. I feel like it's, like, it almost feels like people who are, like, into that, it's, like, it's just in there. And, like, it's also interesting yeah. to me that you find, like, certain people who might be into, like, certain things, like, people who are in, like, I don't know, like, skateboarders and stuff. Like, a lot of times they also like draw and like paint and stuff like that and it's some sort of creative yeah. it's almost like if you have one creative outlet it's just interesting because you're so creative and you create music but you also have this need to do this other side like is it like satisfying different parts of your brain yeah and that's what's cool like it would suck if it kept hitting the same like receptors as music you know right yeah so it's it's apples and oranges in a way, which is great because I like both of those fruits. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fruit salad. Uh, do you ever have like an art show? Is that like a, do you ever showcase all of your art? Yeah, I had two last year. I think one in LA and one in Chicago. 
do those feel like concerts kind of like does that feel like really i don't know like just kind yeah, of like cathartic just yeah. you know kind of releasing it or like letting other people interpret your art yeah they're they're, they're fucking weird and they're <laughs> awkward and i if i if i could i would hire someone to be me to go to it okay <laughs> i mean it's like it's like a it's like a concert it's like a show and the backstage is open for all your friends and and some of their friends right mm-hmm. but the beauty of a show is that you can say okay everyone please leave we have to play now instead at the art show there is no escaping anyone <laughs> It's just constant fucking talking, man. Oh, man. I can see that. Yeah. And that's interesting, too. And, it's, and it sucks. Cause, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go no, ahead. You, you go. go ahead. I don't know. I was just going to say it's like, it's nice. Like, people are being nice. But after a while, it really wears you down. You know? Yeah. So, to anyone out there, if you're going to talk to... If you go see an art show and, and you want to talk to the artiste... Try and do it in the beginning. Don't do it at the uh, end of the night. See, I was going to ask... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no my, my thought is done. <laughs> Sorry, I just I feel like I keep cutting you off. I guess I'm just curious, though, because from, like, okay, so you create art that is interpreted by other people all the time, and I wonder if, from your perspective, is it, okay, this song or this piece... This is what it means. Or is it like, you know, this is what it meant to me then and it's ever changing and everybody else's idea about it is also just as valid. I just wonder, because sometimes I feel like when trying to interpret someone else's art, I feel like a schmuck because it's like, that's not really, I guess, you know, who am I? No, it's cool. It's cooler to have your own interpretation on it because I feel like the artist in this situation, right? Like, they'll let you know if they want you to know what they were thinking, you know? Mm. But I, I would assume that it's more, I would get more of a kick out of someone coming up and saying, this means like, this means something to me in this way, you know? Like, I think that's more, um, uh, well, I can't think, um, it's better. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about this, about how that value, it seems so much more valuable when it's like, like if I said this song means this, then you're just segmenting so much. But I guess you can just, if people are creating their own value, then like that value is so much, it's just such a, such a great thing, I guess, you know, that that they're getting some sort of like therapy out of it in their own way. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, the deeper we the deeper we dive with you, Tim, it seems like the more value we get. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we don't want to wear you out uh, with all of our questions and conversations, but uh, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a big fan of your like production and like your the arsenal that you've uh, you know kind of created over the years. Uh, do you have any production tips to anyone listening? Um. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, I I was something that maybe you uh, struggled with for a while. Production tips. I guess be patient, you know? Don't rush it. 
I've I've sat on songs in like like a state of unmixed for a long time, you know, like going back and tweaking it every other day or every day until it was just right, you know. Because at the end of the day, that that song's got to be you got to be proud of that thing, man, you know, and and that will live longer than you, you know, and like there's been times where I look back on songs or yeah songs that I've put out into the world that I wish I spent more time on I don't know I think it's a gut feeling too like sometimes you say oh it sounds fine uh just to appease either the clock or your friends or your engineer or whatever and I don't know man I think patience you have a right to be stubborn and put your foot down with that stuff Great tip that you just pulled out of your pocket there. I think that's just really helpful to anyone in that situation because you can drive yourself, you know, insane if you think like there's a deadline or whatever. Oh yeah, the deadline is is death, man. And like, uh, just yeah, just be patient. Be patient with it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, man, thanks so much for for talking to us man we really appreciate it we're just big fans so it's like super cool to talk to you um okay we uh Thanks for it. yeah thank you yeah man uh we usually end the thing with asking people with a couple of songs that maybe they've been listening to or particularly inspired by just because we create this playlist uh for our podcast so is there anything you've been listening to that you've been like particularly inspired by lately thing was um, Basquiat the artist had a band called Grey and I highly recommend they just I guess re-released a lot of it Um, yeah I forget the name of like the collection but Grey G-R-A-Y okay cool Basquiat's band with like a bunch of random like other weirdo New York artists who play on it and stuff. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely. But it's fucking cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I know that this is There's probably. Sh- I was just okay. going to say, I know that this is probably not at all what it sounds like, but when you say Basquiat and uh, like that new, the New Yorkness of him or something, I'm thinking Stomp, the musical. <laughs> no. Stomp? <laughs> yeah. Just people banging <laughs> on cans and pipes. Yeah, it sounds like a, a, a more, like, industrial goth uh, New York no-wave stomp. Oh, okay, perfect. So I was on the right trail a little bit. Yeah, yeah, man, you had it, yeah. <laughs> nice. What's, uh, do you have a second one? Um, no. Okay, fair enough. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have no idea. Hold on. Um, what have I been listening to? I, uh, oh, a fucking shitload of Arthur Russell. Mm. Oh, sweet. Cool. Oh, where'd you guys go? Yeah, because they just released the, that other one, fucking um, uh, Iowa Dream. That other collection of songs. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, a lot of that. Sweet. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Yeah, well. Gives us some stuff to deep dive into, man. Thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Well, thanks again for your time, man. Yeah, and just doing this, man. We really appreciate it.
Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see if you ever pop by Austin. We'll we'll say hello. Yeah. We'll do. We'll do. Awesome, man. Thanks, dude. Okay. All right. Bye. How can I not like say your, your, okay. All right. If this is your first time listening, okay, Steve, then I sound, <laughs> then I sound, that that. 